Our opinions aren't too tough, rough, or gruff. We are proof that you don't have to be an expert to have an opinion. So just... Shut up and sit down. This is Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff. This is Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff. And every last one of the homies. We are all here. I think it's the two weeks in a row. Yeah. Look at us. Perfect attendance. Getting serious. Everybody's getting gold stars. We do it four weeks in a row. Rarely you all get freaking gold stars. Oh, love it. <sighs> the elusive freaking gold star. Is, today is Monday, August 7th. And I don't know how you all feel about it, but it was a hell of a week across the sports world. From soccer to boxing football back to football into the college football and even into baseball a little bit and some haymakers some boxing boxing uh baseball crossover yeah yeah the big 10 made some big news well the big 12 big two don't let little brother feel left out now alex any any thoughts Mm -mm. no no but they did. Uh, there was news. Let's be honest. There wasn't any conferences that didn't make some kind of news. Well, the SEC didn't make a lot of news, did they? Fair. Right. Uh, they rumbled. They rumbled. We Fine. did see our first action on the gridiron this past week, and it did not disappoint. Made some money. Made some money. The Ohio Degenerate was in full effect. Yes, sir. So Jim, what uh, what was the storyline? You 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 touted that you were going to make this bet to yeah. scratch an itch, and then your bet won, and then you pontificated as to why it won after the fact. Well, the theory I had, and I should have I should have said it to you guys, the theory I had was the Jets have better players, no matter what the line they play out there. They have better players than the Browns, but it's in Ohio. And like any good wrestling show, if it's just a house show and it means nothing, you send the, the fans home happy so they'll come back. So the Jets were going to lead, you know, the first half. End of the day, the Brownies were going to win. So that's what I bet. You took a little double action there. It was the over with Cleveland to cover. Yep. Good thing so. you went against opposite vice. I know. Well, Muff's the warming up. He'll hit his hot streak once the season started. Uh, I don't. I don't play into the the fake news. I play into the real news. <laughs> you gotta read the script, Muff. I got the script. <laughs> Jim has the script, and as a reminder, I am Muff, the person who steers this rudderless ship, the original degenerate, joined alongside the aforementioned Ohio degenerate, the capo of the Midwest crack house, Jim. Hello. Also with us is the medical degenerate. And Dad. newly minted miniature golf champion, Alex. That's me. You beat Muff? No, we did not keep score. There was no keeping score on this thing. It was questionable at best. Muff may have almost fallen through the course once, but we had a good time. So you were drunk? No, no. No, we really weren't, to be honest at all. It was just um, a poor poor condition than expected. 
Oh, the, God, the, the Ministry of Golf Course was in such disrepair, we did not have to pay to play it. Yeah, they were just like, mm, yeah, if you want to play on that thing, you can go do it. We're like, all right. It's it was, but it was like raised. You know what I mean? Like gotcha. the platforms were, and there was areas that were a lot like they looked suspicious, but not as suspicious as they actually were. Driving range was good though. Muff hit the car. They have an old part car in the middle of it. It just says "Hit me." Muff hit it. I was very excited. Nice, well done. And last but certainly not least, from the Harper household, we have the guru of officiating and a man who's getting into the condition to battle on the gridiron against the players with the players for the players. Nate. <laughs> yeah, and nowhere near in game condition. I can tell you that right now. Were you out this weekend? Yeah, I had my first scrimmage on Saturday morning. Ooh, Saturday was a little bit warm. I guess you may have got off of the field before it started to heat up. Yeah, we were out there from like 1030 to 1230. And also in the Harper household, the guru of glitter, not hanging out in the sweatshop tonight, at least you don't think so. Maybe writing a paper, maybe annotating a bibliography, doing what she's got to do to grab that bag. Sam. Hey, I am not in the sweatshop. I was there all day. Um, and I'm done with class for the summer, so I don't start again until the end of August. So I will be doing no homework. Mm, for a couple weeks. And for, for any new list, yeah. For any new listeners, the sweatshop is the Harper and Company. <laughs> Harper and Company. What all? Uh, what all? What's on the the current high high list of the highlights of what's coming out of the Harper and Company sweatshop, Alex? There, Sam. Uh, still the belt bags. We're still going strong. I forget, uh, is that that's a fanny pack, right? Yes. I got an order for 50 of them for a youth group in South Carolina that I did some for a couple months ago. Oh. Um, so I have 50 of those to do. Um, <clears throat> some shirts, the badge reels, always a good seller. My sister loves to sell those at the hospital. Uh, people love to buy them. Yeah, that's those are my hot sellers right now. We're gearing up for the Bethlehem Fall Fest, so I'll be selling at a little stand there of lots of good stuff. So if you're in the Wheeling area, come hit me up October 14th. I'm kind of disappointed be- about the fact you don't customize Stanley Cups. Um, That takes a machine that's like $6,000. Well, have Nef- Nate ref some games. Yeah. I don't have anywhere to put said machine either. And have Muff build you a room. <laughs> We're giving you all of the solutions. Then. <laughs> we need magic to happen. I do need magic. Go. Go. Let's go. I should get a sports stuff with you and Muff Badrill. You really should. I do have football shapes. There you go. What is this? The thing that holds your badge. Oh, when you're in the hospital? Yeah. My sister has a container of them that she takes to work and people like pounce on them and they're like, can we go shopping? Do you have your container? Can we buy stuff today? So it's a hot seller, Alex. You should uh need to hunt her down and see what she's got. You should. All right. Shout out to any new listeners and the loyal listeners. Remember, as always, you can follow us at Sports Gym Muff on Instagram and X. Ugh, it's still weird. Yeah. Hit us up on threads. Let's get this threads popping. Sports stuff, W forward slash Jim Avery Sam Muff on Facebook, on YouTube. Subscribe, comment, rate, review, poke, like, tickle. Get the bell on. Ding, ding. This week, 
We will tackle the AFC East with Josh Allen to Tonga Bailoa and what will come of the Patriots this season, along with the Jets, featured in Hard Knocks. I think the first the first episode come out this week. It'll be getting close. Yeah. It's gotta be this week or next week. I forget how the, much of a delay the on. comes out this week. The, yeah, the Johnny Johnny Football Untold comes out. So maybe we'll have some thoughts on that. Uh, I know I think everybody at this point has watched at least one episode of the quarterback series on Netflix. Yeah, I've made it through a few. Yeah, how are we feeling about it? It's good. Okay. What it's did something you say to watch. It's all right. It's hard to hold my attention. Because just Patrick not interesting. Mahomes life. The dichotomy between Kirk Cousins' life and Patrick Mahomes' wife and life rather. Just makes me angry. Like it just. I feel like we talk about his wife more than we talk about him. Yeah, and meanwhile we got you know, Kirk Cousins' wife just like I sent him out a regular outfit. He drives a minivan to work. Like, just like man. Whereas that first episode where Patrick Mahomes' wife's like, we take a picture here, we take a picture here, we take a. I'm like, God, somebody shut her up. I, I can't say that your feelings are going to change much on her uh, throughout this, but I will say that I don't think that they highlight her as much. Throughout. I mean, that first episode is what did me in. I was like, Ugh, don't want to go back. So, uh, you can go skip a few and just go into it. Like, you don't right. have to watch them in order. I mean, we know how the season played out. Right. Right. You can you can go back and forth and do some things. Okay. So before we get into our normal segments today, let's talk about Jake Paul and Nate Diaz, who had a 10-round exhibition on Saturday. Um, Jake Paul predicted that he was going to have a fifth-round knockout. That did not happen. That was a piss-poor prediction, first of all. He did get a knockdown in that round, though. Yeah. And ended up winning a unanimous decision, decision to bounce back from his loss to Tommy Fury. Like we said, the fight did go the distance in 10, ten rounds. Um, so what do we think about this fight, which I found, I don't know if you all saw it, and on X, I found a full stream. I think someone already took it down. Yeah, well, I got to watch some of it. Uh, I kind of slipped through. Um, but what do we think of the fight, if there's any clips you saw, and maybe what makes sense for Jake Paul in his next fight? Um. Well, didn't he say afterwards he wants to run it back in MMA? Yeah, he wants the bag. I get that. What depends on what you want it to make sense, Muff. If you're saying, let's think about the fight first. What are your thoughts about the fight? All right, the fight was what, not what I wanted, but what was gonna happen. Diaz is an older guy, but also like a tough son of a bitch. They say he hurt himself in training. I don't necessarily buy that. He's a he's a one dimensional guy. Who, when it comes to the stand-up game, you know what I mean? Like, this is mm-hmm. not his forte. And I don't think Jake Paul has what it takes to knock out, like, night-night, somebody with a solid chin. That's fair. But, you know, to win in boxing, you don't necessarily have to knock people out. I agree. So, but, like, to to take over the to the next part of your question... When you say what's next for for Mr. Paul, it depends on what he's trying to do. 
Like, are you trying to legitimize yourself as a boxer and climb the ranks? Well, there's a course for that. Are you trying to get paid and make money and get your promotion to the highest ranks? Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Don't deviate. Right. Because <laughs> it's been working. So it's, in my opinion, you lost to Tommy Fury because he was a legitimate boxer. You want that not to happen? Plug yourself in there with some mid-level rising star boxers and get better. If you don't want to rise through the ranks and you want to get paid high dollar, keep beating the shit out of some tough guys that don't have a lot of boxing skill. Yeah, there's actually, I think, a discussion and I don't know how much of a rumor or how much of it was out in the actual uh, media in any way that he was interested or there was an interest in him fighting his brother. It's not even going to be a fight. That's a whole different... I mean, if it was a WWE thing, maybe... Now, I don't know what his first name is. Paul, brother. Logan. Logan Paul is an athlete. Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen him in the WWE. The gymnastic athletic prowess that he holds is another level. Mm-hmm. But the build and the makeup of him, it's not It's not going to be the same. Yeah. Like that Logan... Or, yeah, Jake Paul takes Logan Paul to task. In a boxing match. Yeah. Right. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe we uh, asked Mr. Ramirez from the MLB to take a stand because uh, he put a man on his batocks, uh after a play at second base, which Nate, as a baseball umpire, want to hear more about your thoughts on that situation that led to a uh, man landing something to the left temple and somebody going down. Yeah. So when I watched the highlight, I was like, I don't even know what the heck they were all upset about. Like he got up and they were like getting each other's face and off they were going. So I reached out to another officiating buddy of mine who always likes to post and share videos. And he found an article and I guess last night's game, which would have been Friday night. Um, there was a play at second base where they thought he tagged the guy and pushed him off the base and they called the guy out after a review. So they were kind of butthurt about that. And then I guess when Ramirez slid in and almost overslid second base, he didn't like the way that Anderson was uh, standing on second base or thought he was trying to do the same thing again and kind of got up and said, you tagged me too hard, so I'm going to tag your jaw. <laughs> this was a, an interesting scene because it was, it was kind of like, some jawing back and forth, and then Anderson just dropped his glove, and they just squared up. And I was like, oh. oh, Anderson definitely initiated. You don't see that in baseball anymore, right? This this is not the Nolan Ryan days. Well, no, and like I said too, it's like usually you would think you would try to get your buddies to get in there and break shit up, but no, I mean they let those two go at it, and then once they saw Anderson go down, okay, now let's try to break it up. Yeah, not to that level where someone gets knocked out. You don't see it that you go that far. Well, and then I thought it was ironic that today Ramirez was back in the starting lineup. Anderson was not. <laughs> He's in the concussion protocol. And Just he tagged little... him in the button. Like, mm-hmm. he hit that off switch. Yeah, Anderson was a little doozy coming off the field, too. Yeah. Kudos to him for trying to come back, though. Yeah. I mean, guys were trying to hold him still in the dugout, so kudos to him. Uh, Frank Kona, I think, had the best sound bite. He was like, I saw it. And he, he knew he was in front of the reporters. He was like, 
and you can see the wheels in his head. How do I say it was funny <laughs> shit? And he's like, it's hard not to chuckle. Boys will be boys. <laughs> like if your guy knocks somebody out to the to the ground, you want to say that's good shit. I'm just surprised he was back in the lineup today and MLB didn't already step in and say, yeah, you're suspended pending investigation. What kind of investigation would you launch? I mean, to see exactly like what happened, you know they're going to get suspended. I'm surprised Major League Baseball didn't go, no, you're not playing today. It's the weekend. They're not working hard. Doesn't matter. You work in corporate America. You understand. It's hard to get any of them to respond to anything on the Saturday or Sunday. I'm just curious to see how many games that they both get. That's what we call a Monday problem, Nate. <laughs> it definitely will be a Monday problem. Baseball update on the Pittsburgh Pirates. They are now 15-61 and made some additional moves going into the trade den line last week, including Rich Hill and Gmon Choi headed to the Padres. The Pittsburgh in return gets Jackson Wolf, Alfonso Rivas, and Estuar Cerro. Uh, Wolf is basically, as I've come to understand, a younger Rich Hill. So they improve by about 20 years in age <laughs> with Wolf over Hill. Uh, Rivas is a defensive first baseman, uh, but there are concerns about his offensive production, especially since the Pirates got rid of Choi and, and uh, Santana at the deadline. Um, so he probably is not the long-term solution uh, as a prospect at first base. And Suero is apparently a lottery ticket. He's a power-hitting outfielder, and they're about to figure it out probably the next two or three years if he's going to be anything. Uh, also, the Pirates moved Austin Hedges to the Rangers for international bonus pool spates, um, which we had collectively knew nothing about, that you can like increase the pool of money that you can spend on international players um, by trading and or doing other things. Uh, but Austin Hedges was never going to be the answer for the Pirates at catcher, and he was just holding holding down the fort until you get some prospects like Andy Rodriguez and Henry Davis, who's going to be playing in the outfield, uh, but can also play behind the plate. And lastly, the Pirates sent Rodolfo Castro to the Phillies for pitcher Bailey Falter. Falter had a start over the weekend and pitched four innings and only allowed one run. He's a basic ass pitcher without anything overwhelming. Um, but you know, the pirates have to start somewhere in that dugout. Start. I, okay. They're 11 games back. They have to start somewhere. They're not 11 games back, are they? They're 11 games off. Even. Yeah. I don't even know if you can put the pirates and games back in the same conversation. Right. I think they're less than 10 now, but I guess like, you have to start somewhere means start somewhere, somewhere for you to be traded. Overall, so overall, I looked at some of the grades, right? Overall, the Pirates, I think most of their trades got like a B grade for them. Um, there was actually, you know, it's, it's still status quo of, hey, here's some other guys and let's get some prospects. Uh, but I think these prospects are... Eh, maybe a little bit higher rated and maybe able to contribute a little bit more quickly than some others. Well, and all the guys they traded away weren't guys that were probably even going to be on the team next year. Correct. Yeah. I mean, G Mon Choi is probably the only one. I don't know, guys. 
I mean, Rich Hill's 43 years old. Who cares? Castro was up and down whether he's playing or not. He wasn't going to make the cut. I mean, like we said, Hedges basically traded him for a bucket of balls. International balls. Yeah. But a little bit different. So Do we have a shirt that says we trade for international balls. Black and gold. I, I can make you a shirt. Good grief. We the pirates do. suck. They're always gonna suck. I'm oh wow, to... look at how the tables turn on Jim. I mean, it's August now, man. They're they're not in last place. Who owns that spot? Mm, who in the division owns that spot? The Reds, it's not the Reds. I would say not the Brewers. Not, not the Cubs. The Cubs have won 15 out of their last 19. It might be the Pirates. I think they're better than like six teams in major in the major the league. Cardinals. Right there it is. There it is. All right, that's enough baseball talk. Let's get into I even talk. I, I just Alex? no opinion. No comment. No comment on the pirates as a whole. No comment. That's where I'm at okay. now. I don't know. Only took that stance does VU. Which brings us into not, never mind. the offseason! Not even letting him do it. Oh, he no did reason, it, bud. He just did it. No he reason. He did it all over your face. Boom. In. Yes, Jim. No, you did it all over his face. Boom. Boom. Roasted. Yes. In the NFL, we had the Hall of Fame game, which we've already talked about a little bit. There's nothing really to talk about in that game. So the Hall of Fame inductions and the Hall of Fame class of this year were Rondé Barber, Daryl Rivas, Ken Riley, linebackers Chuck Halley and Zach Thomas, DeMarcus Ware, Joe Thomas, Joe Klecko, and the coach, Don Coriel. Can I just speak for a minute on Daryl Rivas? Have at it, buddy. To all you Twitter motherfuckers saying he got big, he's fat, leave him alone. He's retired. So what if he had an extra donut or two? Let him live. Let the man live his life. So I think of the the group here. No body shame. I think Nate did the most watching and or rewatching of some of these induction uh, Mm. speeches. So Nate, give us your thoughts on how this went, who you liked, who you didn't like. So when I got back, I watched, I'm trying to think who I saw. I saw Barber, Revis, uh, I missed Howley, Thomas, and Ware, and then I saw the tailwind at Klecko, and I saw Joe Thomas's. And it's just funny to hear and see like what some of these guys have to say about their old playing days. Like Darrell Rivas brought in the whole Aliquippa High School football team, and to have the uh, what is he now the third guy from that high school to be in yeah. the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yep. And then they, like for a Bucks fan to hear the story of like Rondé Barber telling about all back in the days and how. His defensive coordinator didn't even know his name for the while. They kept calling him Randy. <laughs> That's uh, and then I had to laugh, too. Uh, Joe Thomas, of course, went last, being the Cleveland guy. And I think the best line he had was, he goes, yeah, whatever, 10,000-something consecutive snaps. Sorry, all backup left tackles for never getting a look and having to go to some other team. Hmm. Uh yeah, Joe Thomas. He's, he I kinda, think he's he's in the media world now too, so he's probably he probably did a good speech. Yeah, I mean after that, and then he was like, yeah, I he basically was like, yeah, I know, I play for how many different quarterbacks, how many different head coaches, offensive coordinators. He just embraced it. 
I mean, when you when you were that guy who stayed in Cleveland for that long, you just have to lean into that whole that whole storyline. So good for him. Good for him. Uh, of note, Zach Thomas is the only the second linebacker under six feet tall to be inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame. I don't know how that's of note. Like, good job, Muff. You found a weird stat. Well, no, they mentioned that. That was his knock coming out of Texas Tech. See, Jim? So weird. It's a thing. Well, then the other thing I didn't know, and then they said with Rondé Barber, he's the only defensive back in NFL history with 45-plus picks and 25-plus sacks. All right. Jim, you're knocking on the short guys? They focus on weird shit, like hand size and stuff. It's weird. He was a good football player. Carry on. All right. Looking ahead to next year's Hall of Fame class, some first-time eligible players include Eric Berry, Jamal Charles, Antonio Gates, Andrew Luck, Brandon Marshall, Elodinata, and Julius Peppers. Who do we think Andrew gets the nod Luck in that should first not be year? on that list. Hill? It just means he's eligible, Jim. It doesn't mean that... I don't think he should be eligible. Hill. I just don't like him. Andrew Luck. Because <laughs> he stopped playing football? And probably makes more money doing what he does now than yeah, he did probably. playing football. You're right. Because <laughs> he went to Stanford and has an engineering degree. Yeah, right. Antonio, I think it's going to be a shoe in, right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think Antonio Gates and Julius Peppers will get in. That's yeah. two that I was going to say. I think Jamar Charles needs a few years to get in, but he'll ultimately be there, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, I think the same with Brandon Marshall, too. I. See, I, I think he has the stats, but there's nothing I ever remember. And let me know if I'm off base here. That I remember about Brandon Marshall was like, oh my God, I remember him playing. Like he kind of was in obscurity for some of his career in my mind. I'm thinking about the same guy. Hold on a second. Keep moving, but I'll. Uh, I mean, I just don't get me wrong. He's a great player. I just think he did he get a ring with the Broncos? I think with the Seahawks. Yes, he bounced around a little bit. He was Denver. He was in uh, Seattle. I think he was in Baltimore for a year, maybe. He may have been no, Chicago Miami, for a year. Chicago, the oh, yeah, I remember Chicago. Yeah, like to most point, it's not like one of those, like when you think of a receiver, like you think of Megatron getting in a couple years ago. There was no doubt watching Six him play. pro bowler. Uh, led the league in touchdowns in 2015. No Super Bowl. Maybe I was wrong. My fault. Like I said, I six-time Pro Bowler. He's a good player. I just don't remember him standing out to me. Yeah, that's my fault. All good. And other news in the NFL: Indianapolis. Indianapolis continues to be in the news, and they may be in even more trouble in the running back room, where Zach Moss broke his arm this past week. Um. Don't know if this is going to help or hurt Jonathan Taylor in the end, because if people keep getting hurt, they may have no choice but to pay the man his money. So with all this going on, and obviously Jim Ursay has been pretty vocal about how this is going to go. Um, do we think the Colts are going to cave and offer a deal for Taylor to consider? I think, I think they're going to have to, because I can't think free agent who they'll go out and sign. Like I know Zeke's still out there. Leonard Fournette's still out there. Dalvin but I don't Hook. see Ursay going and pay, paying a one-year contract to someone like that. The only thing, the only catch to all this is it is Jim Mersey. Like, he is that guy. Could be a bender and he'd be like, nope. Oh, he doesn't do he that anymore, that Jim. He yeah, doesn't okay. do that anymore. That man's crazy. I didn't say he wasn't crazy, but uh, he doesn't do the benders anymore. Sure. 
there was a it's interesting enough and I don't think this is actually tied in any way, but they were talking about how he's willing to pay $20 million to fly an orca whale across the country to help it be re-released into the wild, or at least prepared to be re-released, but we can't pay Jonathan Taylor $15 million. People it's remember that whale. <laughs> Was that Alex? Is it, it's, a, it's a different account. It has to be. I mean, yeah. I'm not... I don't think he's taken out of the till for the Colts. Yeah. Free agency for the salary cap. I don't think Shamu is on the uh, payroll. I don't know. Do we have, know if he has any connections with Dan Snyder? We might have to look into his accounts. <laughs> oh, Let's not start down that rabbit hole. No. I think if you start looking at Jim Mercer, you're going to find things, but I don't know if you're going to find those things. Yeah. It's going to be like things like moving a whale across the country. Right. This is the same owner, right, who goes across the country and tours with his own band and has like a collection of valuable items that he's picked up over the years like he has i think many beatles legit memorabilia like drum sets and guitars and all sorts of other things and they go on tour and pretty much give like hey here's a free museum people if you buy a ticket to the show you get to see all this stuff you get to see my things right so show and tell yeah he's he's kind of his own guy already uh, in Falconland, cornerback Jeff Okuda was carted off the field late last week with MRI results pending on an injured ankle. This sucks. And I know I'm an Ohio State guy and Okuda's an Ohio State guy. But, like, that guy had a lot of promise going into the league. Went to the Lions, and I think he was injury prone there. Then gets carted off for the Falcons when they trade him to the Falcons. I, this really sucks for this guy. Like, I don't know that he's ever going to reach full potential in the league. See me playing my little violin, Jim? I see you, Nate. <laughs> I see you. Uh, the Giants and left tackle Andrew Thomas reached a five-year, $117.5 million contract with an O-line record. $67 million of that guaranteed. How's Saquon feel? You know? Protected? <laughs> feel what, Nate? Protected, maybe? I, he does feel like maybe he can get some more yards shoring up that left tackle. Maybe if he gets more yards, he'll get more money. So it's all going to trickle downhill. And I wonder what this is going to do for Zach Martin's case, even though he's a guard guy in Dallas. Right. So he may be looking, oh, can I get 68 guaranteed on a contract? So, yeah, that does kind of set an offensive line situation for Zach Martin. Uh, the bad luck Broncos. And their wide receiver room continues as Tim Patrick suffered a torn Achilles last week in his second consecutive season-ending injury during training camp. This team has had a terrible run of luck with wide receiver, keeping wide receivers healthy. And with Sean Payton wanting to be successful in his first year, can he afford to start losing these wide receivers and have to count on wide receivers 3, 4, 5 to be the top guys? So do we think Sean Payton and Russ Wilson will find any success this year? Any sure a lot no. That's, that's a good statement right there. Sure, there will be some, but not much. Uh, also, comes with the beginning of the training camps, uh, the first round of drug tests, and other types of preseason uh, kind of off-season things coming to rest. Uh, one case, we have Cowboys running back Ronald Jones suspended two games for violating the PED policy. I don't understand this. Like, I, I, if you're a 
an NFL player, and be a Dallas Cowboy. I would like to think that the drug test situation you should have in hand in the beginning. I would just like to think that. Hey, we just lost the playoff game or just lost the game that puts us out for the season. The clock starts now. I'm not going to have a calendar for my performance-enhancing drugs, marijuana, anything that's going to be in my system. I know the cutoff date for when I should stop. I would like to think that's how that works. That is exactly how that works. How do you get busted at all? You may just be hoping that I'm not in that first week. I would just assume I was. Yeah, you just play, you roll the dice, you play it smart. I think once you get, if you get it in the first week, I think there's a stated timeline of where you can't get tested again unless there's a very specific reason because of an incident that occurred. So if you get in that first week, I think you're golden for a bit. Right. Then you start the clock again. Mm -hmm. And I still have to laugh every time I see one of these players fail drug test and remember back to, I don't remember what sport it was or whatever, but I always remember seeing a story that this guy had to take a drug test or something and he knew he was going to fail it. So he had his girlfriend, wife, fiance, whatever, take it. And when he got results back, he was pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. That was funny. <laughs> I forget who that was too, but that was hilarious. Uh, tell me you're dumb without telling me you're dumb. Right there. Yeah. Uh, and unrelated to drug testing news, Alvin Kamara is suspended three games for the fight. He was involved in Vegas during the Pro Bowl last season. He's also joined by Colts cornerback Chris Lamon, who was also involved in this incident. Three games. We feel that's fair. I've lost sight of this whole ordeal. Yeah, I'm sorry. We keep reviewing so, and then didn't, did Pac-Man kind of was like came out and was like, I got a whole year. You know, it wouldn't just ripping on the Alvin Kamara thing basically that he got three games and that he deserves a full year for some of the shit Pac-Man's gotten a year for. There's no consistency to it. I can't tell you if it's fair or not. I can't remember what he did, who he who he punched. Did that person deserve it? Was it the All Star break or All Star Pro Bowl? It was the Pro Bowl, Alex. Yeah. Was it Sorry. Some bad language yes. involved? Like he took it too far. I can't remember. I mean, he he got the guy good. I don't. I forget all of the reasons for it, but he. Uh, I think he put the guy in the hospital. But I'm pretty sure there was an N word dropped. I don't don't remember uh, that part. I, of it. I I don't know. Was it? I can't tell you if it was fair or not. I don't know. I think the the thought was it was going to be anywhere from two to six games. So three seems fair if that was the the span that people were thinking it was going to be. Three seems within reason then. I haven't heard him say he's going to appeal it or try to get it lessened either. If I were to guess, it's three because they met. He met with Roger Goodell. So I have to imagine he's like, hey, it's going to be three. Don't appeal it because you ain't going anywhere. Or if you want to create a fuss, maybe we'll make this five or six and you can appeal it. It's going to be four. You know, it could have been a conversation like that. Just take this. So we're done with it. Same thing. Go, like if he gets three and this Charles guy from the Chiefs for domestic uh, violence gets a six. Like they've screwed this up so bad. Like we're kind of numb to it. Well, Charles got six games. That's okay. You know, Alvin just punched somebody in a bar. So I guess domestic is six. That, that seems about right. Like, we don't know anymore. Remember who was it? Who's the Raven that just dropped his 
Ray Wright. In the, in the elevator, and like he's banished. Yeah, he's not coming back ever. So, like, then we start questioning ourselves when it comes to this domestic guy. Like, well, it ain't Ray Rice. There's no video of it. So maybe he just, like, grabbed her wrist. And then we're just like, that'll be okay. Like, it's numb the fan. Right, and it's in, like, the Friday news drop, right? It's, oh, all this stuff happened. And it's just, I don't know. I'm not saying that any of it's right, but I'm saying the way they handle it is kind of, desensitizing to the to the fan and then looking ahead for the saints first three games they open up at home against the titans they go and play the panthers on monday night and then they go play the packers they can get through that stretch with two wins i think we'll see let's see even right there now we've kind of just kind of like if he truly dropped a guy in the bar and sent him to the hospital our thought is, well, can they get through the game without him? Like, and I'm not saying what we did is right or wrong, but that's how we start functioning. So it's, and that's all because Goodell's kind of like played the show game with us. Very well, very yeah. well, he's done it. <laughs> There's a reason he continues to be commissioner. Absolutely. In other NFL news, Nickelodeon will have an alternate broadcast for the Super Bowl this year, bringing the green ooze and fun elements to telecasts. Who will be announcing has not been set yet, but it's another opportunity for the NFL to reach a younger audience for the biggest game on the biggest stage. No, I thought I they had this already. No, I think it was like the championships. Yeah. Yeah, this is a Super Bowl. I don't think I could pull myself, no matter how much my kids wanted to, to watch the Super Bowl on a Nickelodeon broadcast. I think they need to have Tony Romo do it. Oh, Jim, here comes the slime! <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good Tony Roma. I have but, the solution though. Yeah. John Cena, Pat McAfee. I don't I think Pat McAfee can be trusted around small children. But yeah, he's John, got one of his own now. He's kind of toned it down. Right. For now. Put them both on it. Cut of loops. See what happens. Uh, it's gonna end up being two like Nickelodeon stars or something. Yeah. yeah I feel like this is a see you off. Yeah, this is going to be like a like a, a setup for somebody like Jim, who has two young children, wants to watch the game, but knows if I watch the regular telecast, they're not going to want to sit down and watch this. But if we put it on Nickelodeon, they may be entertained for a little bit at least. Yep, I'll get through the first half. At least yep. for a little bit. So there we go. And in this week's division breakdown, we're looking at the AFC East, correct? Yeah, yeah, sure. CFC East let's, with the Jets and all that. Let's them. make this more entertaining. I've heard from listeners that this is the boring part of the show. Let's make this some more entertaining. Let's let's get some hype into it. Well, Jim, this shouldn't be too more too difficult because we're breaking down the Jets. Yeah, goddamn Jets. <clears throat> so, last year's standings had the Bills at thirteen and three, the Dolphins at nine and eight, Dawa Patriots at eight and nine, and Jets at seven and ten. This season is going to be about how the Bills will continue with the pieces in place in a relatively weak division and what the Jets will bring to the table this year. Um, as we have been doing, we'll start out with the last place team from last year, the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. Obviously looking to compete right away with the rookie class last year that had the offensive and defensive rookie of the year. Adding Aaron Rodgers doesn't hurt the case, and the team hopes to compete for the division title 
or at least make it to the playoffs. Yeah. First thoughts on the Jets. What's what's a successful season this year? For them getting to the playoffs. Okay. Yeah, at this point, with all the uh, added tools and weapons and hype, yes. Okay. Their key additions from last year, obviously, they brought in Aaron Rodgers, plus his wish list. Um, Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb. They also brought in McCole Hardman at wide receiver and Billy Turner on the offensive line. So no excuses for Rodgers. He's got what he wants. Let's go. Well, he said he didn't. He never asked for anything, Jim. Show those things up to Poot Poot and let's roll. <laughs> they lost uh, wide receiver Elijah Moore and linebacker Quan Alexander. In the draft, they picked up linebacker from Iowa State, Will McDonald, and center from Wisconsin, Joe Tipman. Some good pickups. Yep. Other players of note. Obviously, we have Aaron Rodgers. We have Brees Hall, the aforementioned. Well, not, not he was not the rookie of the year. They had Garrett Wilson at wide receiver along with Lazard. Garrett Wilson, the offensive rookie of the year. Jim, thoughts? Okay. 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 I'm not a Garrett Wilson guy. You're not? No. Why not? I'm just not a big fan. Like, even at Ohio State, he wasn't my number one guy. Like, I just was never a Garrett Wilson fan. That's a good That's a good receiving core. Rodgers really doesn't have much excuses about i mean garrett wilson alan lazard randall cobb randall cobb's older but he's been a target for rogers and so is lazard so he should be in step with him and then garrett wilson is young and good i I don't know the weapons yeah i say he blows his knee out game five it's abrupt he can catch the dunks right like a little dumb passes i'm saying roger blows his knee out game five why? Well, bring that spicy. Here, Jim. The off the offensive line knows better than to let people come at Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron not- Rodgers is probably one of the least likely suspects to, for that to happen yeah. because That's he just gets why. rid of he just gets rid of the ball. Think yeah, about the Think about the script. Who's that okay. quarterback behind who's, him? Who's Zach Wilson. Boom! He becomes I don't think that's the exciting. new guy. Not the exciting. New guy enough. rises from the ashes, from milf lover to champion. To a hero. Maybe he was a champion when he was a milf lover. I don't he know. probably I don't, was. We gotta I considered that him. championship right there. So. Amen. <laughs> oh, goodness. We're not going to get through the rest of these players. Let's go to the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Patriots hoping to gain their swag and hope that Mac Jones improves in the offseason. Mac Jones will That's bring the right. team to be competitive for a playoff spot this year. They've brought in Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Gesicki, and offensive tackle Riley Reif as key additions. Nice pickup with a Juju. They hope. I think so. He has yet to really be... Don't act all spurned, Steeler man. Jim, I believe you've said so many nasty things about him and his TikTok and all of those things. That's when he was a Steeler. Now he's with Bill. Things will calm down. We think? He might calm down, but I don't think he's going to get any better. Things will be better with. Look at Randy, Randy Moss. Look what he did with the. Randy with the Moss picture. was a superstar. Juju's not far behind. He's way behind Randy Moss. That is maybe your worst down, take ever. Have been your worst take ever. The Juju Smith Schuster is not far behind Randy He's Moss. Yeah, that needs to be your YouTube uh, clip of the week. Yeah. Just to let him get burned. <laughs> Jim just. Uh, I hope. I mean, you know what, Jim? I hope that comes to be, but you're wrong. 
Let's see what Bill can do. He I think took no, no, I don't turn Juju into Randy Moss. He took a scrawny ass kid from Michigan and made him into the guy. Here we go. I'm not so, even. So you're gonna say I'm Bill not even jumping on. You can say Bill did it. It was Bill. Bill was responsible for that, Jim. And some cucumber drinks, you know. First of all, I didn't know where that was going based on things that have happened to me recently. Not me personally, but. <laughs> Wings and strings, people. Wings, Wings and, and strings. strings. <laughs> All right. Key losses. Damian Harris, Jacoby Myers, safety, Devin McCourty. Yeah. yeah I, think... I mean, Juju was brought in to replace Jacoby Myers. That was yeah. that was yeah. the, the the hope there. Even um, <laughs> to be determined, I really don't know where that one's gonna end up. Uh, Juju, we'll see if Juju keeps his head on. Bill's got him fixed, boys. I'm telling you. Okay, whatever you say. I'm just waiting to see Bill Belichick on a TikTok. Yeah, well, you know, I'm just gonna TikTok. Juju, Juju, why the hell am I on here? Juju, get me off. Bill, it's on the internet. We can't take it down. Take it off. (laughs) Uh, In the draft, they picked up Oregon cornerback Christian Gonzalez and Keon White from Georgia Tech on the D line. Other players of note, obviously, on this team are Mac Jones. Who? Mac Jones, running back Ramon J. Stevenson, uh, tight end Hunter Henry, Hunter Henry, Matthew Judon on defensive side, who I believe just got a contract reworked and extension to keep him there, and Jabril Peppers in the defensive backfield. Patriots, I just feel like they're going to continue to live in the middle of this division. A couple pieces away from being heroes. Not today. This year is not their year, but we're building. Moving on to the Miami Dolphins, hoping that Tua can stay healthy all year and throw the deep ball to Tyreek Hill, and that Mike McDaniel sees success in his second season at the helm. Yeah, yeah. Key additions. QB Mike White, because you never know what's going to happen with Tua. Easy, easy. Got to have somebody back there who you feel confident with. He'll be fine. Uh, and the wide receiver, they picked up Braxton Berrios and the chosen one, Chosen Anderson, formerly known as Robbie Anderson. Okay. Jalen Ramsey in the defensive backfield and punter Jake Bailey. That's right. We have a punter as a key addition. Hey, it's all good, baby. Punters yeah, are people too. Jalen Ramsey's going to be healthy. That's Yeah, that's true. Uh, losses, they lost wide receiver Trent Sherfield, tight end Mike Sicki. Melvin Ingram across the D-line, quarterback Byron Jones, and punter Thomas Morstead was one of the best punters in the NFL, which is why it was a key addition and key loss. Okay. So there are players that I always like and I feel like stick out to me and I want to do well, and Braxton Berrios has always been one of those, and I have no reasoning for it. Like, there's nothing, but I just always, like, get excited about him. And I don't know Thank you for adding content to the podcast. No, I'm saying the same thing, like, how you don't like Garrett Wilson. Braxton Barrios, I do like. Is it his name? Barrios? I think so. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Do you you eat Cheerios every morning, Alex? I eat Cheerios frequently. You know, maybe that's it. That could be. That's the one. That's the one. Maybe you should stop eating the Cheerios if you want Braxton Barrios to be successful. Maybe I'll try it to happen. Cheerios strike. Alex, do it. it. Uh, Get to the Bills. Get to the Bills. You don't even talk about player, other players of note on the team? Nah, I'm gonna go straight you're just to gonna the talk shit. Straight. Am I? You're gonna say uh. Tua, bad brain. You're gonna say Tariq Hill, hurt. 
You're going to say Jalen Waddle. Yeah, subpar. And then at the end, you're going to say Eli Apple. Ohio State guy. Jim, what do you got to say? What do you got so, to say? Yeah, what do you have to say? So you yeah, well, what do you got to say? <laughs> Eli Apple is, you know, a I'm douche. not a big fan of him either. He's a douche. Okay. <laughs> Moving on to the Bills. Glad we can all agree. Yeah. <laughs> the Bills in a stacked AFC in the stronger conference haven't been able to break through in the playoffs. And with their window possibly closing in the next few years, they hope to make a conference and Super Bowl run. Key additions, they picked up running backs Damian Harris and Latavius Murray. They picked up Trent Sherfield in division, got guard Connor McGovern and Leonard Floyd on the defensive side of the ball. They lost Devin Singletary as running back, Isaiah McKenzie in the wide receiving core, and Traymond Edmonds on the defensive side of the ball. I think the biggest loss there is Traymond Edmonds. Yes. The rest are yeah, role players. Well, I mean, he, Devin Singletary was, I would say he was their most productive running back. Yeah. And Isaiah McKenzie was a good fourth, third or fourth wide receiver option. So uh, definitely replaceable. That is for sure. Yeah. Uh, in the draft, they picked up Dalton Kincaid, tight end out of Utah, and Osiris Torrance, guard from Florida, along with linebacker from Tulane, Dorian Williams. I'm excited to see what they do with Dalton Kincaid. I am too. From everything I'm seeing, he's just shredding it up. He was good at Utah too. Yeah, and this this kind of gives them a Patriots type of look because they have yeah. Dawson Knox, who's already been good. Yeah. So this could be this could be the new Patriots two headed monster at tight end. I'm excited. Hopefully, good one good. of them doesn't end up in jail. Oh yeah, or kill him. You know, everybody. or in himself. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We hope none of those things happen. Obviously, the everything runs through Josh Allen in Buffalo, uh, along with Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis as the returning wide receivers, Dawson Knox. And on the defensive side of the ball, they got Vaughn Miller, Leonard Floyd, Matt Milano, Tredarius White, Jordan Poirier, and Micah Hyde all in the defensive backfield. A little worried about Stefan Diggs. A little worried because this could be... The Are you only worried because you had him on your fantasy team and your fantasy team's been meh? Yeah. My fantasy team has not been yeah, sir. Yeah. I don't know. It seems like you're up in the air about Diggs. I feel like this is the year he slows down. Okay, Jim, you don't keep him then. No, Let him be drafted. Him. Let him be drafted. I'm not dumb, but I'm just saying, like, there's hesitation there. Uh, yeah, if you're going to trust your gut, but trust not your enough, gut. Not enough to hesitate to keep him as a keeper. Yeah. <sighs> I'm allowed to have an opinion that's outside of fantasy football, boys. Are you? Yes. You just said you think he's going to slow down, but you're, yet he's going to be your keeper in fantasy football. My other receivers were not worth keeping. You don't have to keep a wide receiver. There's strategy that is involved in fantasy football. Strategy. Mm-hmm. I think there's some insider information going on between him and his wife. Yeah. Oh. So, so uh, the fa- sports stuff gym of fantasy football league has been re-upped for this year all Mm -hmm. returning team all last year's teams i assume are returning nobody's told me otherwise Mm -hmm. we have a draft set and one of the i think rule changes that i made has to do with um trades how you announce it muff don't be a little turd oh yeah it has to do so many people have to uh, sign off on a trade or at least not so many people can't say no to it so it's so not just there'll be no trades, is what you just basically asked. No, no, but I'm not going to say no unless it's nefarious. Yeah, right. So just saying, 
There's also, I did not put this into play. There was an option of um, putting a no cut list in. I didn't do that. I believe that the team that that performs the worst should have to come on a podcast and defend themselves. Defend their loss. 60 second defense. Yeah. Called to court. Yep. All right. Our predictions for this division. Let's start with Nate this week. All right, I'm going to say the Bills are definitely still the front runners at 12 and five. I think they take a couple games back, losing a couple. Of, like Jim said, you lose at Edmonds, who's pretty much one of your centerpieces on defense. I think the Dolphins stay at two in the division. I think they're going to do a little bit better than last year, given year 200 McDaniel. I'll put them at say 10 and seven, pushing the Bills late, but I don't think they'll catch them. I think the Jets finally get over the hump a little bit and get out of the basement, but they're not going to get out of the basement by much. They're only going to go about nine and eight. And the Patriots are going to come in last at seven and 10. Hmm. Okay, moving on to Alex. I agree with Nate's order. Records change a little bit. I have the Bills at 12 and five, Dolphins at 11 and six, the Jets with a losing season at eight and nine and probably the Patriots are around that eight and nine mark as well. All right. I am next. I have the bills atop the division at 11 and six. I agree with Nate. There's going to be maybe some, uh, some down weeks. So maybe some bad losses for them this year. Uh, I have the jets in second place at 10 and seven, making their way into the playoffs. I have the dolphins in third, at eight and nine. I think too, it does get hurt again. And they lose a few more games than maybe expected. And the Patriots, I have bringing up the bottom of this division. I do not think things go well, and they end at six and eleven. I have the Bills at fourteen and three, the Dolphins at eleven and six, the Jets at ten and seven, and the Patriots at nine and eight. Everybody above five hundred in this one. Yeah. The AFC beast. Yep. All right, that's our breakdown. Next week, we're going to chat about the AFC South, which may may not be exciting for much of anybody when we get into that one. Uh, To continue with the offseason, we get into college football. The good stuff. I did not even put any notes down because I'm sure Jim is just going to lead this conversation away. We'll start out with the news. This is all alleged at this point has not been penned to ink to my knowledge that Oregon and Washington will be going to the big 10. That happened. I mean, I don't have, I had no intention to lead the conversation. I mean, it's all intentions for you to lead the conversation, buddy. There's a lot of like hubbub and like the social or the social media circles that I'm in that Oregon, that when USC made the deal to come to the big 10 with, our boy Kevin, like when that were talks for him to come here, for them to come here, the deal was we weren't going to take Oregon. And then that, as you can see, has fallen <laughs> through. So USC is kind of getting screwed in this deal. As far as them coming to the Big Ten, okay. Like, I'm not totally against it. Those West Coast teams need, need to have people to play, so let's add them. I think it's good that we're moving to these super conferences. So you're a fan of the super conference? Oh, yeah. I've, I've always been a fan of the super Why do we even have conferences? Just free for all play who you want. There has to be some order, you madman. Does there? Remember who we were talking we're about? We're getting cl- close to the point where there is barely any. It's the NCAA, buddy. 
Yeah, there have to be order. The only order, the reason there order. has to be orders so they can keep getting that tax free money. Get guys. I understand we hate the NCAA. I agree. Let's get rid of that, but let's let the conferences be the conferences. They aren't anymore. We're gonna have like eighty team conferences. Yeah, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna have, have, we're we're gonna have, have the super conferences. The Power Five are going to get the good teams. We're gonna have three, three conferences. Period. Get out of here. We're four: North, South, East, West. That's what we need. That's what we need. Geographically, you have to stay in your ge- geographic region. Exactly. Which gets Jim's biggest thing ever is that WVU will now play. Yeah. WVU division. and Pitt need to leave the Big 12. <laughs> That's my argument. Uh, so yeah, we have that that going on, obviously. Um, any other thoughts on that news? Not really. No. The Big 12 has officially announced that they will be adding Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah next year. Uh, this is the ultimate power play in basketball to me um, for the Big 12. Uh, and there was some interesting things that led up to all of this. So last Friday morning, this is a quote from an article, and I forget where I pulled this from. Uh, Friday morning at 7 a.m. was another called meeting of the Pac-12 presidents, and some schools did not show up. Hmm. Uh, So you might know that then, therefore, the conference was no longer viable. Once Oregon and Washington decided to go to the Big Ten, the Pac-12 conference was no longer viable. You can't be in a non-viable position for more than a few hours in our minds. You resolved that you have two teams not present and no media contact. You have to act. So basically, people showed up. I know there was a pending, rephrase that, there has been discussions about their new media rights deal which had not been put to paper and is what is necessitating or at least pushing these teams from the Pac-12 to find other uh, other options because there was no guarantee of the money that was going to be generated through a media deal. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I think those three teams, I'm upset that, that Utah is in the Big 12 from a fan perspective because I don't like the Big 12 and I like Utah. But it all makes sense. Big 12 is a Big 12 fan. Alex, how are you feeling about this? Yeah, it does make sense. I think when the Big 12 looks at like what teams they're going to let in, I think that like where the Big 10 is a more football driven conference. And I know that football is where the money is. It, But I think that the Big 12 thinks a lot more about basketball, too, because they naturally are a good basketball conference. And I think that they, you know, they are obviously not an SEC you know, dot powerhouse, but you know, they're, they're a good conference, but they're not that level of good. But I think that like for them, a more deciding factor sometimes leans towards what are they going to bring to the floor when it comes to basketball season as well? Like, are they going to maintain that, you know, higher level of play, I guess. Got that. Got that. Well, I mean, football does bring money to the schools, but basketball brings yeah. money to the NCAA. Yeah. I think I've seen a stat within the past week or two that uh, the NCAA basketball tournaments account for, it's definitely over 90, it may be over 95% of the revenue generated for the NCAA each year, which wow. then goes back to funding schools at all levels, division one, two, and three. Um, but as far as the NCAA, they have to keep that basketball cash cow going. Yeah. I think a, a bigger concern that we like, we need to address where does the other four teams in the Pac-12 go? Does the Pac-12 are like the Pac-12? Are they on life support? Are they dead? 
And if they die, where does Cal, Oregon State, Stanford, and Washington State go? I really only care to see where Stanford goes out of those four. I don't necessarily agree with you, Nate. Stanford as a brand, I think, has the the best, the best overall brand. And there's going to be some conferences that are We're interested in them. Then. From a recruiting well, and like standpoint. How I was in the Big 12 with basketball, I mean, when you think of that, Stanford, like they were just in the super regionals, if not the college world series of baseball. I don't know where they stand in softball. I mean, sure, obviously they're okay. a great academic, great academic school. Didn't they just have like their wrestling program like removed and then it was reinstated now. and they had, yeah, then they yeah. had a guy who was like a national qualifier. So I mean, yeah, all around right. who you want. Yeah. I guess when I'm looking at it from the holistic picture, yes. I'm thinking more of straight football. I'm more leaning towards where does Cal go? Like the historic value of football wise of Cal, the recruiting of Cal. Like Recru- what do you mean by the recruiting of Cal? Cal is an institution or Cal recruiting players? Well, that's always been the alternative if you don't go to UCLA and, yeah. and USC. Like that's, that's that third option. And now we've kind of just, killed a whole place to be for those kids those and california is a a nice football haven and if i'm the big 10 or even um, the big 12 i want my piece of the pie i either want the whole pie if i'm the big 12 or the big 10 or if i'm a big 12 i'm gonna put my finger in that pie and be like oh the big 12 is not getting the whole state of california Jim, do you think, think do you think that Kevin Warren had anything to do with this? I think he played a part. I mean, there had to have been this had to have been an option yeah. set up during his time. Yeah, I think he played a part. I think if I'm USC, uh, Kevin Warren's another hated. He's just found another fan base to hate him. Congrats. <laughs> but yeah, I think he played a part in this. The TV deal with Fox and mm-hmm. all that mess. Is, those TV deals is why this whole thing happens. Dion, when we go to that. Dion alludes to it. Nate, you had something you want to say? Yeah, I was going to say, for these schools that have been in the Power Five conference, per se, for so long, like, what happens, like, if one of them, say, makes the move to, like, the Mountain West? It's like, what does that do if you're a student-athlete recruiting in general? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that even an option for that? That's kind of what makes me, like, that's what seems most attractive to me is – you grow a Mountain West type conference for those teams to be absorbed into. I don't yeah. know who's in the Mountain West. We've gone over this before. We just did a, the helmet thing, but yeah, that's like West. State, San Jose State, BYU. Yeah, well, for it now, wouldn't be bad for those yeah. Cal, those California teams. The Stanford, the Cal, Oregon State would fit in great in the Mountain West. Toad Washington State, Washington State, and another one would fit well in there. Is any other Colorado, Boise? Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad fit. Makes sense, but I don't know if you can go to say, "Oh, yeah, we remember the Pac-12, and now we're what most people would the say Mountain is a downgrade to the Mountain West." Yeah, but I but mean, I think it makes the Mountain West stronger to absorb. If say yeah, Mountain because Mountain West is going to lose BYU, obviously, in Colorado, I think that it almost it, it makes them stronger to take those four on. I think it makes them not a power but, five, but or, legitimacy to them. Yeah, I mean it's going to be a power four now, and you can make them a, a you know a one a a one b kind of you know 
Yeah, I don't. It'd be not an a bad idea. I'd be more apt to watch games from the Mountain West with those four teams added. Yeah. I mean, even like just thinking um, when I want to watch a game that's not a Power Five, my first go is Mountain West, just to see somebody different. And plus, like we think Boise State when they were back at like early late two thousands and the Fiesta yeah. Bowl and everything, I would rather watch them or the San Diego State or something like yeah. that more than I would want to watch like somebody say in the Sun Belt. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. I, well, and you have that's a good idea, Nate. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, with Mountain West, that's a later game on Saturday night that may be filling time for you. It's like ah, I still still want to watch football, but. This Pac-12 game sucks. Let's see what else yeah, is on. <laughs> I don't. I like that idea. I still think Cal's going to get picked up by one of the big ten or twelve. I I don't believe they're going to let go of that state. But if they did, I agree with you, Nate. That's not a bad idea at all. Not bad at all. More will definitely be coming, and the way things have been going, it's probably going to happen sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Next, Deion Sanders puts perspective to NIL and players chasing the bag, saying, and I quote, all this is about money. You know that. It's about the bag. Everybody's chasing the bag. He went on to say, then you get hmm, I don't know. Then you get uh, made the players when mad, they chase it. Mad at mad, the players when they chase it. Mad at the it. players when they chase it. How is that? How do the grown-ups get mad at the players when they chase it when the colleges are chasing it? Dion's just spitting facts. I'm going to do a callback. You have congressmen writing bills (laughs) that are keeping kids locked in, and then you have colleges making moves like they did like this. If that bill was passed, are these kids forced to stay at an Oregon, a Washington State? If you're a kid at Cal right now, and that bill's passed, you have to stay in a, in a, at a college where they don't have a plan right now because people are chasing money. Right. I just don't get it. I don't think that's fair. Yeah. And I don't know if there'd be any type of grandfather. Like this starts with the incoming recruiter class of like, sure. that's when the bill gets signed in, um, which but, I would hope that there's some consideration for that. We can't predict the future. We can't guarantee 10 years from now, they don't do what Alex suggests and go, Screw them all and let them play. <laughs> let them all play each other, and it'll figure itself out. Whatever's best for the the networks. You know what I mean? And we can't be writing bills that lock people in. That's just it, because they're chasing the paper. The interesting thing is, when I, I I did actually kick around trying to argue this idea of um, and and, and I don't want to see it happen to where there'd be no oh, yeah. and it's just a giant puddle, but you really could. Like in my mind, I'm like, well, yeah, I was like, then you would just have like. Ohio State versus, you know, Michigan, Penn State, USC, like every big team. And that's how they would play. But they couldn't. You know what I mean? You would there would be such an art to making that schedule because you would have to figure out, okay, if I'm gonna play Michigan this week, I'm not gonna want to play this huge team. Yeah, I mean, so I'm gonna put a a smaller I'm a WVU there. Right. right, You know what I mean? And and and, you know, and I'm willing to admit that obviously you know, we talk shit, but they're they're A difference but now they're a powerhouse yep exactly and you can't just jump on it because wvu now has the option to play every other team and if they want to play pit and pit says hey my only opening is this week 
I bet you they're going to take the backyard brawl over playing Ohio State. I mean, it would be tough. Right, right. I mean, it's not just organizing two non-conference games. It would be, I wouldn't, and then, like, does the school have to independently reach out and be like, hey, can you play me? Like, these are my options for who I can play. I'll start calling them because they don't have games plugged in yet. Right. And we're talking about lobbying. If that right. yeah. the, the media, yeah. the media lobbying. I mean, it could get out of control thing. fast. How but, much money are we going to toss to NBC this week for them to get us on TV? Like, yep, <laughs> yep. That's what I mean. Like, and there would be a lot of good games. And like, then okay, there, are they? Is there going to come a time where a really good game is not going to be able to be on TV because it just so happens other schools schedule their good games? I mean, I don't know. It would be chaos. And the moral of the story is it's money. Like the says. Speaking of money and how you can make money while a college athlete, this is disgusting. The former Clemson linebacker TJ Dudley made money while selling images of naked, unaware teammates in the Clemson locker room while he was playing there. When the team became aware, they kicked him off the team. They kicked him off. They kicked him off the tour, Doug. And he has since transferred to Ole Miss. And you have a question of how? How? How how do you transfer? Like, how does that permissible? Kiffin. Like, I'm just thinking of this. That's your how. You have no scruples. You don't want that man in a locker room with me. Right? The university has to sign off, like, academically for him to be able to transfer there. And when you have to click that box of where you dismissed for conduct reasons. Lane Kiffin walks in and goes, hey. <laughs> Lane Kiffin and his 25-year-old girlfriend, right? Yeah. I'm like strutting through being like, for 25%, you can take a picture of me. <laughs> <laughs> and that was perfect. <laughs> uh, that's just this is just it's sick. It is. It's weird. I think the guy's a piece of shit. Don't get me don't get me wrong. But the fact that he went to Ole Miss, not shocking. At all. I wonder if... Never mind. I'm just going to get out of that. Next, Japan's most successful college football program. You heard that right. Japan has college football. Is scheduled to play NAIA Southern Oregon next spring. This Japanese team has won 33 national titles in 10 of the last 12 with... Southern Oregon's former coach, Chuck Mills, doing a lot of the work to help develop the game in Japan during his career. First, how in the hell did we not know that Japan had college football? And how much publicity should this game receive in the States? I'd watch. I'd watch, too. It depends. Am I watching it because there's not other a bunch of other stuff on? I'm not going to like watch it over a good actual game. It's a spring game, Alex. Yeah. I'm watching I'll watch it. I was cracking up at the comment under like I clicked on that tweet when Nate sent it and it was like the first comment was someone was like, Welcome to uh the Pac twelve welcome to uh the newest Pac twelve team. Yeah. Talking about that Japanese team. I was like right, Japan yeah, college football. Yeah, I, I mean to be that good in Japan, Reddit, we're not we're never gonna connect Japan to football. No. But it's like, how is this team this good? And like Muff said, how are we just now hearing about it? 
Yeah, 33 national titles. Listen, it's if, like they've had football for 10 years. If they've had 33 national titles they'd be and they were actually good, they'd be playing a team a lot better than Southern Oregon. No disrespect to Southern Oregon. But, I mean, if you're a national champion 33 times in another country and want to come show off, I'm going to come after the Alabama. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's just – it'll be fun. It'll be fun to watch. There has to be more than one of them. What? There has to be at least two. There has to be at least two teams over there. To have a national champion. Are they all the other? There's probably two. And this one just wins every year. Listen, their offensive line, I bet, is A-OK. Right. But the most. But that's what I was going to say. So this Bunch is Sumo's in training. Yeah. If anybody remembers the movie with the replacements. More <laughs> rice. Uh, so that wraps up this week's edition of the offseason. Yeah, we'll be back in a minute with the college football helmet challenge. With which conference? Well, that's why we'll be back in a minute. It's a surprise. Hey. Hey. on the other side. All right, we're going to bring you a special surprise. We're not doing one bracket challenge. We're doing two. Yeah. So first up, we're going to hit you with the Sun Belt. Okay. In our first matchup, we have Appalachian State versus Arkansas State. App State. Give me the Mountaineers. Ooh, muff. Yeah, let's go Mountaineers. Do you do it? I love to hear it. Love you. Love you. I'm going to cut that. This will be tough for the show, I think. Coastal Carolina versus Georgia Southern. Mm. Ah, Is it tough? It's not tough at all. Roll shant clears. Did Jim even ask the rest of the group? Yeah, no, I was like, okay. Nope. All right. Georgia State versus James Madison. Hmm. I feel like I've seen a Georgia State helmet that I liked. Uh, I want to go Georgia like... State. James Madison looks a little shiny. I don't like James Madison, so I'm going Georgia, Georgia State too. Down I'll go James Madison just to go against Jim. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, Georgia State has a, a matte black. With a panther with, on it? Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. You go with Georgia, Georgia State there, Muff? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, uh, Nate. No worries. I feel like Nate was playing a role there. Okay. Southern Miss versus Marshall. I vote Marshall. Hmm. Who is? We are. Penn State. Two for Marshall. <laughs> mm. I think I'll get Marshall, too. Oh, surprise. <laughs> you didn't. I was going to give a lot of F-bombs your direction. Okay. Ragan Kaggins versus Old Dominion. I don't this really like tough. the Old Dominion logo, though. Oh. I don't either. Give me the Raging Cajuns. Oh, yeah, I'm Raging Cajuns. Muff. Looking real quick to see if there's any. Ooh, ODU. Definitely ODU. Me too. Go they've to got the some nice. They've got some nice alternates. You guys, did, you guys did not look at that. Need to reconsider real quick. Go to the coin, Muff. Alex? Mm, heads. Or it's not a heads, Alex. Light, no light. Light. Or the Rag and Kagans? Yes. Yep. 
Roll on, Louisiana. Uh, I don't like the crown thing. I just don't. Okay. Southern Alabama, Texas State. These look like the same helmet in different colors on this. I know, right? I know. I thought I was seeing double. I'm like, wait a minute. What did Jim do here? Right. Mm. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with Southern Alabama, guys. I think. I think the uh, Wheeling Central look for Texas State. I don't like it. I don't like it. No, I agree. I'm in with Southern Alabama. Oh. I don't think one of these is making it out of the second round. So. Give, me, give me Texas State. Ooh, Nate. I'm trying to see if any of them have any other better looking helmets than the ones you picked. They really don't. Um, I'll go with Texas State. They've got a couple different alternates here. We're going mm-hmm. to the coin. Nate, Texas State is the light side. Jaguars move on. W Southern Alabama, Jim. Troy versus ULM. Oh. What the heck is on the bottom helmet there? It's a face. (laughs) Let me bring that in there, Nate. Yeah, it looks like a cartoon. Oh, gee. That is the goofiest looking thing. Give me Troy. (laughs) I like the goofy thing. I kind of like the goofy thing. What's your vote? Oh, you can't. For reference, they're the Warhawks. It's, yeah, I was gonna say it's supposed to be a Warhawk. You can't. You can't search Troy helmets. Oh, you probably get all the like. Uh, you get all the other things. Why don't you search Troy football helmets? There you go. I just I did a Troy college helmet is what I looked at. Yeah, I go Troy. Alex, what's your pick? Give me the funny one. Going to the light. Why don't I ever get to pick? You can pick this time. You're right now. You're the next person on line. All right. ULM is the light. The light wins. Woo! I feel like the light's on our side today, Alex. I know. It really is. That's not normal. And they get a bye to the next round. <laughs> <laughs> the arbitrary bye. <laughs> I love it. There's no real reason for it. All right. Here's the tough one. This is tough. App State, our guys. Our guys, Coastal Carolina, all the way. Mm-mm. I'm leaning Coastal Carolina. Mm-mm. All right, Alex, so you're picking App? I am. Yes. Nate. Coastal. Go ahead, Jim. Go I'm ahead, Jim. Our guys. Go you ahead, guys Jim. Suck. Upset the Apple cart. You even look. Sorry, bud. You even look. You don't go against our guys. I do. Georgia Southern Marshall. 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 Georgia Southern. Ragan Kaggins, Southern Alabama. Give me the Kaggins. Kaggins. Ragan Kaggins. All right, we're going from the bottom now. Now we're here. ULM. Ragan Kaggins. Ragging Kaggins. Muff? I'm looking real quick. Okay. 
I'm going to go with ULM. Ooh. Alex. It's tough because ULM does have some, like, out of those two helmets, I like the Rag and Kagans a lot better. ULM has some interesting ones, but I actually really like the Rag and Kagan helmet. I'm going with the Rag and Kagan. So it's on me, yeah? It is. Rag and Kagans. We got some show staples here, boys. I don't know what we're going to do. Marshall, Coastal Carolina. Helmet just on helmets. Just helmets. Take me to the coast. Mm. Yeah, if we're doing just helmets, I'm saying coastal. There's some sweet ones of some ones with the herd on it, but I've never seen them wear these, so I don't think they're legitimate. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with our guys. Yeah. Alex. I have to agree. Me too. All right, it's the showdown. Ragged Kagans. This is so tough. Versus this is Coastal. Chachi, chachi, chachi. All right. Don't know what, what the that hell was. even that. And you just had a stroke. Anybody's ever watched Arrested Development? That may have made sense to you. Coastal Carolina. Alex. I think they have to go Coastal. Just because they actually do have a couple variants of their helmet when compared. Hey. Coastal. And the champion. The champion. Champion. Coastal Carolina. You is your Sun Belt champion of a hard fought battle. In my fact, it would have been the Appalachian State Mountaineers. So. What's, with, what's with the girl with the umbrella hat? It's a sun hat for the Sun Belt. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Now for your bonus tournament, bonus conference USA plus the independence. Can I make a request before this starts? Yes. That instead of the coin on this one, Sam serves as the coin. Oh boy! I am a coin. All right, that's a good idea. All right, for this one, and this one only. Okay. We're not setting a precedent. The Big Ten is next. This is perfect. Okay. From the top. Make it drop. This is why she's not the coin, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. FIU. I didn't sing the rest of it. Versus Western Kentucky. I want to be... Give me a hilltopper. Yeah, hilltopper. Me too. Sorry, Nate. All good. The Battle of the Orange. (laughs) Western Kentucky, if you're paying attention. See what I'm saying? Come on. We didn't say we didn't say we're looking for comments. The coin UTEP. doesn't talk until it's been spoken to. Okay, the coin's shutting up. UTEP versus Sam Houston. UTEP. 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 Like the way they had that cheese okay. built yeah. in there, like yeah. Alex. UTEP. Okay. New Mexico State versus Middle Tennessee State. Hmm. Now we're getting into the don't really care about either. I know. This is the Conference USA Plus. <laughs> New Mexico State has some cool ones. Yeah. I take New Mexico go State. Yeah, me too. Yeah, we'll go with that. 
Louisiana Tech versus Liberty. Louisiana Tech. Lockhead. Nate. Uh, Liberty seems to only have really a few that just have LU on them, so we'll go ahead and go with Tech. Wow. At least they got the state outline built in something different. That's true. That's true. All right. New member to this to Conference USA in 2024, Kennesaw State versus Jacksonville State. Kennesaw State. Me too. I don't know if I like that KS logo. That looks a little good. Yeah, but against Jacksonville State with just the GSU. Yeah. I'm looking to see if Jacksonville State has a different – or everything just Plus has J. Matt Black. Mm. Yeah, I'm going with Kennesaw. Yeah, we'll go with Kennesaw. Sorry, Rich Rod. Battle of the uh, New Englanders, Connecticut versus UMass. Never apologize to Rich Rod. UConn, UConn, UConn. UConn and UMass just got a vote. Huskies. Uh, I'm going UMass. Let's go to the Sam coin. <laughs> the coin you've been spoken to. And, and unrelated news, <laughs> Nate has been suspended for three games for uh, violating the sports stuff with Jim and Moth personal conduct policy. Um, The one with the UMass, because I don't like dogs. Boom! What? And now I don't know why we like her, but whatever. I'm highly allergic to them, okay? You're not highly allergic. Yes, I am. I was a fourth <laughs> plus on my allergy. And that's You're why. You're not highly allergic to them. Just but to I be clear, it. Army has made it. That's that's a legit Army. that's a legit buy. Conference <laughs> USA, Army. We we put it that way. Going back to the top, Western Kentucky, UTEP. UTEP. Yeah, I have to get away from the get away from the hilltoppers here. Western UTEP. Kentucky. Western Kentucky. Me too. Go to Look at that thing. All right. Look at that thing. Look at that thing. All right. I'll try to bring up a better picture for you. See how UTEP has like the thing on the T? Mm-hmm. All their helmets look Don't like that. Don't sway the coin. This is why we have a coin. I'm not. I'm just telling her that's what all the UTEP helmets look like while I'm bringing up all the alternates for Western Kentucky. Duh. Oh, I like Western Kentucky. Boom. I knew the coin would come through. <laughs> it looks like a red Hard brim. Night, Alex. It's cute. <laughs> it looks like a, like a creepy Elmo. I yes, would say it looks like Grimace's cousin, but red. All right. <laughs> New Mexico State. Louisiana Tech. New Mexico State. New Mexico State. Louisiana Tech. New Mexico State. No, they don't win in anything else. At least they're winning this bracket. <laughs> Kennesaw State, UMass. Kennesaw State. Kennesaw State. Kennesaw moves on. All right. Army, Kennesaw. Mm. Army. Is that even a question? <laughs> literally, literally, for those watching on YouTube, the Conference USA Plus champion is already swayed towards an Army champion. <laughs> Western Kentucky, New Mexico State. 
Uh, New Mexico State. New Mexico State. Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky. You're up again, dum dum. <laughs> the cute one or the Aggie? The cute one. Got it. God, what kind of decision okay. is that? This is a big deal. Army, Western Kentucky. Alex? Army. Ah! Nate. I know. These Army. Are no. Muff. Army. No! We I'm actually looking at Army helmets. They're really cool. They I do, really but cool. I like the creepy Elmo better. Army for Red the win. And that, my friends... <laughs> Is the USA Plus tournament champion? That is Tournament USA, which will bring us into other interesting news in sports. I'm excited. First, we go to the pitch in the soccer world as the US women's national team was eliminated over the weekend by Sweden in the Women's World Cup. Former players may have spoke this into existence, most notably Carly Lloyd, who was not happy with the U.S. team after their tie to get into the elimination round, sharing that they were playing uninspired soccer and quote-unquote didn't look fit. Megan Rapino was one of the U.S. players that didn't capitalize in the penalty kick situation is being looked at as why it's time for the old guard to move on in uh, U.S. soccer. Well, it depends on what you read, first of all, because... You pick an article today and it's the coach's fault. It's the old guard's fault. Oh, it's a millimeter because of replay. They just didn't have it this year. Plain and simple. Like, that's it. It wasn't their day. Were they playing great soccer beforehand? Probably not. Are we soccer professionals to tell you why they didn't make it? No, because we don't like soccer. But, like... I don't think we can armchair quarterback why they didn't capitalize today. Hey, Carly Lloyd, I trust her opinion. I bet. She was kind of she has she's had some questionable behavior as a teammate, but they won. I mean, isn't Alex the closest authority we have to soccer? I did play soccer. I'm going with what Alex says. It wasn't I mean, Alex offered an opinion yes. yet. Yeah, that wasn't no, I, it, it's unfortunate. I mean, you're expecting a win because you've won the last two World Cups. And getting to the knockout round of the World Cup is a big deal for you know most countries. We made it. If we'd have gotten knocked out before the, no pun intended, knocked out before the knockout round, I would have been like, that was an embarrassing showing. It's still not what you wanted. I'd have liked to see them at least make it another round, but clearly not the same team that they've had. In the past, some of them, it's time to move on. No hurt feelings. It's just that time. And it's not Megan Rapinoe's fault. I mean, she really didn't play that much other than that penalty kick. I mean. No, it's not her fault entirely. Yeah. But she did, didn't even put it on. She didn't put it on goal. Yeah. It wasn't even on frame, Alex. Now it's. Oof is right. See, see, oof, Alex is coming my way. I know. So we'll see. We won't talk about women's soccer again for another four years. Okay. Probably. Maybe. With soccer in general. Well, we have the men's world cup. There's a men's world cup coming up some point in between. And who knows what, who knows what Messi's gonna do. Or if Mbappe goes to Saudi Arabia. Mbappe. 
Who knows? In the baseball world, these Nashers acquired the Gene Bastards, I should say. Acquired pitcher Justin Verlander from the Mets. Verlander only spent eight months away from the Astros and returned to a loss against the Yankees where he threw seven innings and allowed two runs. This is the continuation of the fire sale for the Mets. And at this point, even their owners admitting that they're not going to be competitive for years. Saying, I think, I really don't think we'll be competitive until like 25, 26, maybe a year earlier if we're lucky. Is that the message you want to put out to your fans, especially in New York? Yeah. Right? Like that was the same thing I thought. That's something you think and you keep to yourself. Yeah, that is not that's not what you're supposed to be doing. Uh but with this with this move and other moves the Mets have made, the Mets this year are currently playing paying $131.8 million to players that are not playing for them. That is more than 12 other team payrolls in Major League Baseball. I bet it's more than the Pirates. uh, Includes Milwaukee, Detroit, Arizona, Miami, Washington, Cincinnati, Kansas City, Cleveland, Tampa Bay, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Oakland. Breaking news. Breaking news. For you Yenzers. The Penguins have traded a 2024 first-round pick forward Mikhail Grenland, defenseman Jean Ruta to San Jose, and goaltender Casey DeSmith, defenseman... I think I'm reading this wrong here. Yeah, based on what you said, you're reading it wrong. Yeah, there's been a major trade for a lot of pieces to get Eric Carlson from the Sharks to the Penguins. And they traded a lot of parts and pieces to make this happen. I'm not real sure all the parts and pieces. They gave up Mikhail Grimland, Jeff Petrie, Jan Ruda, and Casey DeSmith to make the salary cap work. Uh Uh-huh. And then they gave up next year's first-round pick, a future second-round pick. Um, I think that was it. For but one yeah, guy. It's still a lot. It's still a lot. Yeah. But he's good. They got they, they have to capitalize within the next year or two, or that, that window's yeah. done. I think that's what the, the I think that that's what this move says to me. So the Yenzers all in. went all in. All in trying to get another cup. That's what, I mean, it's good. Right. I'm glad. Uh, More than we can say for Bob Nutting. Yeah. All in. They did. Good. I don't know what just happened in the Harper household, but Sam wasn't sure what was going on. Just saying you have like to go all in. James Holtower from Jeopardy. Yeah. Good, good preference. James Holtower. That's my sport. Well, I liked it. I like Jeopardy. So I just interrupted baseball with hockey, but it's relevant. And well, it's, it's some, some good news. It's, it's relevant because that's something that you know, the Pirates aren't willing to do in a sport that has no salary cap. Yeah. So, in addition, Pittsburgh and Oakland, the $131.8 million that the New York is playing, paying to other players not playing on their team, is still almost $7 million more than Oakland and Pittsburgh payrolls combined. Ridiculous. Is that $131 million only count for current players, or is that... Including the Bobby Bonilla one million a year thing. Uh, it that may be included as well. I don't. I didn't see the breakdown 
I think they just said for players not playing for them at this point. In a way, it's still ridiculous. Yeah, that's just a $1 million difference there. See, Jim, this is why. Right here. I don't blame you. At least the Pir- the Pirates didn't even get a movie about them. At least the, at least the A's got Moneyball. Ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And lastly, in the NBA, the Lakers and Anthony Davis made history as Davis signed a three-year, $186 million extension with a record $62 million per. Asinine. Well done. <laughs> Best and, take of the show. And there's the difference between the NBA and the NFL right there. Yeah. Ooh, and that brings us to the end of this week's episode of Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff. Any other topics to chat about real quick, gents, before we wrap it up? Negative. We're good. We are good, and this is going to continue to get better as we move closer to football season. With the offseason, NFL, division breakdowns, and everything else that's happening in the sports world, remember, follow us at Sports Jim Muff on Instagram, Threads, and X. And sports stuff, W forward slash Jim Emerson Muff on Facebook, on YouTube. Do all of the action verbs, including tickling. Get the bell on. Ding, ding. And be sure to tell a friend. Make a friend. Be a uh...